there then became a point where I didn't recognize my husband anymore. He was in a fog. Welcome to From Stress to Success, unlocking the mindset of high achievers. I'm your host, Freeman Beals, entrepreneur and stress management coach. In this episode, I sit down with author, public speaker, and podcaster, Amy Rowlandson. Together, we'll be exploring why finding your purpose should really be renamed to identifying your purpose, how to reframe what we call a midlife crisis to really achieve more success. Amy's also going to share some really valuable insight on what measuring success could look like for you in particular, and what purpose actually really feels like. I hope you're ready to conquer stress and achieve lasting success. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Welcome everybody to another episode. I have a very special guest today for this first episode of From Stressed to Success. Amy Rowlandson. I had it in my brain one way and then I had to switch it. So I had I struggled there for a while. Amy Rowlandson, who is a successful life coach. Um, you do this thing you call helping shine the light on people's purpose, which is absolutely lovely. You're, and then I've noticed you're not just a public speaker, but you actually sit on a lot of boards for public speaker associations. So you're quite involved there. And last, and but certainly not least, you're also the host of the top 1% global podcast called Focus on Why. So thank you so much, Amy, for being here and sharing your wisdom and your value with us all. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So I want to kick off first. Um, it's interesting that we're both in podcasting. It's quite an interesting thing. Uh, podcasting is very much exploding. I feel like it has been for the last decade, but it's kind of having another resurgence in the last probably two or three years. For you, because of what you're doing, I feel like I kind of have to ask this question. Why did you start podcasting? Wow. Yeah. Podcasting has really exploded over the last few years, particularly at the beginning of lockdown, which is when I actually started my second podcast because I had been podcasting for over a year. But prior to that, I had a very different show, which was all about property investing and the, and the practical side of how to invest in property. Really successful show. I had a co-host with, it, with, with that one. And at the beginning of lockdown, my business partner decided that instead of taking our business online and become virtual, even more so in, in not just the podcast, but also with the practical property investing training that we were doing and the network, what we had. And he said no to that. And I thought, oh, I'm gutted. I love podcasting. I cannot let mm. this go. But I didn't want to do it on my own. I didn't want to talk about that element of my life anymore. I, it felt like a natural closure to that particular podcast so what did I want to do that was the question and and why did I want to carry on podcasting I let my unconscious sit with that for a while and within a week I woke up with the idea of focus on why all about why people do what they do why they are who they are and put together this incredible podcast where people come on and talk about their life and these relatable uplifting inspiring conversations would take on its own entity and the mm. focus on why podcast within a month i had recorded over 30 episodes i went live in less than a month and launched the show and i very quickly realized that if i just released one a week well that would mean that it could be up to a year before some of these podcasts got heard 
So I was I was crazy. I was recording and, and publishing and releasing these episodes. I had three one week, four the following week, so seven and a fortnight, which was insane. It, was, it sounds insane now. That's, but... that's a lot of work. <laughs> well, it does, but at the time, everything else had gone on pause. My, my business had closed down at that point, that particular training business. And so I had the time. My husband was around. He had the time to edit it for me. And so between us, I was releasing and people were consuming because they had the time to listen to these episodes. I was being approached from people to say, can I come on your show? And I was like, yes, of course. But it might be three months, six months before your episode is going to get out there. So after a while, after about six months, uh, I got to my 100th episode and I then dropped down to two a week. And now I just release one a week, but I am almost nearing my 350th episode. Wow. That is so many. And for anybody who has dealt with podcasting and editing audio, like it's not a quick process. You end up listening to, if you have an, an hour long interview, that probably takes anywhere between, if you're lucky, you can get it an hour and a half, but probably closer to two hours to actually edit that. And it doesn't include the content writing of it and putting everything up. So well done and almost you said almost 350 episodes you're coming up to yeah, now yeah not quite so i i've just i've just recorded at this point where we're recording today i've i've released 331 episodes wow that's some serious commitment like i gotta take my hat off to that because that's impressive what what drives you to be that like that consistency how do you how do you keep that going the irony is not lost on me that my show is called focus on why <laughs> And so, yeah, here, here we are talking about why am I podcasting? What's that about? I love the medium. I think it's incredible. It's a really personal space where you build incredible rapport with your guest. And when I'm doing my solo episodes, I get to dive deep on topics which just absolutely make me feel alive. And mm. so I believe that this podcast is my life's work. I believe that it helps with the clarity around the topic, which is purpose for me to help understand and help people to understand what life is all about, what is the meaning behind what we're doing. And so for me to be a life purpose coach, it, it feeds straight into that. It's constant research that I am exploring with people. And in the moment every day, I am thinking about why people are doing what they're doing, why they are who they are, what has led them to live that life of purpose? Why is it so different for each of us? And mm. so I'm getting constant information that is helping me to put together. And I'm actually writing a book at the moment on purpose. And it, it gives me so much content. I don't need any more content, but I am not going to stop. This is, <laughs> this is, this is, as I say, my life's work. It, it is my purpose in life to do this yeah. show and to help people to live their life with purpose. I totally, I totally know what you mean there because it's a, I feel very similarly when it comes to stress management, cultivating positivity. It's something that I can never feel like I can get enough information on. You're just constantly seeking out more and more. What I find quite interesting as well, and I'm curious if you notice this with yourself, I love that you're so focused on like people's why and you're like, I'm always thinking about it, right? Like what makes people tick this way? Why do they want to do this? Was that something that you noticed about yourself before deciding upon the podcast and it's been inflated since or 100%. was it something? Okay. So when you look back, you're like, that was always there. It's really funny. Uh, I was talking to my mom this weekend. It was Mother's Day in the UK and she said that she found 
something that I'd written to her when I was oh, 22, 21, 22, and I'd given her this journal. And I'd written something really quite magical in it. And it was a quote from some someone I'd, I'd seen and I thought this was really relevant. She was just about to go away on travels. And it suffice to say that it was something about you can search the world for what it is you're looking for only to find it when you return home. Now, I've, I've butchered that quote, but that's what it was in essence. <laughs> so I then reflected that I have been thinking about this search for meaning, albeit in a very different way as my 20-year-old version to where I am in almost 50. So this has been something that has been a constant question that I've been seeking for my own life and and also reflecting other people's decisions and choices that they've made and when I came back to that moment of why am I doing this podcast I looked at what I'd been posting and it wasn't about property at the time it wasn't about mm. it was about life choices and it was about having the freedom to choose what we want to do and how to build a life of purpose and it made sense at that point for me then to to dive deeper and to focus on that often what we need most ourselves is what we focus on and that's what we then go on to help others the episode and i call that my reflections with actions it started out being reflections and observations and i thought actually i want to show what I've gone on to do and also inspire others to go on to do something, not just consume this knowledge, and but actually take it and then move it into a space of where it's going to do something, you're going to do something with that, um, or you're going to become someone as, as, a, as a result of. So reflections with actions, again, help me to focus on the content of, of what I've recorded but then to pull on the threads that are of interest to me or of a value to me and then see what is it I'm going to do as a result of now knowing that. How am I going to apply that in my life? So again, I'm walking the walk, I'm talking the talk and I'm, I'm literally saying, well, this is what I'm doing as a result of the show. What is it you're doing? And that's where people then write in to me and share what it is they're doing as a result of. And I talk about ripple effects and I've got absolute tangible ripple effects that people have shared with me that have resulted mm -hmm. as a result of tuning in. Wow. Like people have written in and said, Hey, I listened to, you know, this episode or like that. And because of this, I've, I've done this. Is there any big ones that you can share like really impactful ones that you can remember? It's there's, there's a really special one, which was very early on in my journey. And it was about someone saying to me that, the podcast was the water to a seed that they'd planted a long time ago, and it's allowed it to grow and to thrive. Again, I wow. can't remember the exact words, but it, again, it was just really powerful as a metaphor that, you know, you, you don't realize quite sometimes what people are going to do as a result of. But she, this is a nurse in Amsterdam, and she, she shared with me that it had inspired her to to become a different person in her teaching and, and of her other students that she brings on into the world. And so understanding as much about life as you do about death in, in the world is all of value. And so it's about finding out who you are, how you can then affect change. And I talk about the people who come on the show being the, the sort of pioneers of purpose. And this is a living library that I'm putting together of people who are living mm -hmm. their legacy as well. That's such a cool way of putting it. A living library of people finding their purpose. That's cool. That's powerful. 
what do you what have you learned then you talked to all these people about finding their purpose um and it's interesting to see i guess what have you learned from people prior to them finding their purpose so to speak this would be both in your podcasting and in your coaching what do you notice changes about people between them before understanding what their purpose is and then afterwards once they've become a little more clear on it what do you notice are some of the biggest shifts that start to happen so firstly i want to take out that myth of you don't find your purpose this is not something that you find down the side of your sofa or your couch or, right this is this is something that you get to create and build in your life this is something that is part of who you are and is about recognizing what it is that you want to achieve what it is that you want to understand and what it is that you want to affect and there are lots of different ways of, of doing this in how you can create your purpose, how you can live with purpose. But that shift from simply filling in the moments in life to creating fulfilling moments for me is the biggest shift that I want to mm. help people to, to move from and towards. Yeah, that, that's a big shift. I remember when I, I did that, <clears throat> it was actually listening to a Matthew McConaughey book. Um, his book green lights and I love he, that book. such a good book and the audio is brilliant because he's talking and that's just easy to listen to right and you listen to him talk all day he says something in that book where he realized in his I think it was his mid-20s that he realized that life was no longer happening to him it was happening for him and that's the big shift and I realized that myself a few years ago where it was like when you look at life as you sitting in the backseat of a car and life is happening around you, eventually you have to realize that you need to get into the driver's seat and take the wheel and decide where the car is going. Cause otherwise it's just going to keep going where it wants to. And that shift is huge. It's really, really big. I'm curious then as, as somebody who helps people with this, like what are, I guess something somebody listening might be able to start doing to start to make that those subtle shifts because it's not, if you could tell us the single answer right now, it would be, you know, a light switch moment. That's probably not going to happen, right? It's a, it's a process, but where does that process start? So it's understanding what your gifts are, what your strengths are, what you're able to bring to the party. Now, a lot of people just keep, as I said, you're on this autopilot of moving through life with understanding that this is what, I, this is what I'm, where I'm working, this is what I'm doing, but actually it's more than that. It's, it's about really pulling together your, your ability to, to challenge your beliefs and your own values. And I talk about living with your values all the time and understanding that you can create this life of intention that folds in what you value most, folds in what you believe in, and then bring in together your, the gifts that you have. And there will be a unique combination for you because you are unique in yourself anyway but then it's about how are you going to channel that contribution in life how is it that you are going to really bring your your individual self into something greater than you because that's what the purpose is that's the purpose piece it's understanding that life is a, a collective effort here and that we don't need to go alone and mm. so it's then choosing what you want to do, defining that for yourself and measuring what success looks like for you because you can so easily bend to societal expectations 
and then realize that you're not living congruently with what you want to actually achieve. And that's where that conflict lies, where, where your values differ to external values and you realize that you're living someone else's life and not your own. So it's about committing to making that change and really living with what it is that you want to do. And this is why it happens a lot in midlife, this shift and why people think they're having a midlife crisis. Actually, I see it as they're having a midlife beginning because they've finally woken up to understanding that what they were doing is not what they wanted to be doing. Mm, I like that. I like sh the shift between it being a midlife crisis to a midlife beginning. That's super powerful. Super, super powerful. I think it's something because crisis is such a negative connotation. It's I'm rolling into these massive issues like, no, you're just so you're starting afresh. And I think that's a much more powerful way of looking at it for you with the podcast then. Was that for you one of those shifts where you went, I was maybe when it comes to doing property, uh, the property podcast was maybe just kind of doing something that was sort of there uh, and making that shift. And then if that's the case, what are some of the things that you struggled with when in, in that process, in that shift? So I, I see it as an evolution. So where I was has helped me to get to where I am. And a lot of the skills have been transferable. So where I was working in an area and learning a huge amount of property investing myself, I then helped other people to go along that journey. You're always like a few steps ahead of some people and it's just a few steps behind others. So there will always be people that you can help in life because I've, I've been here, now I can help others who are looking to get to where I am albeit in their own way and understanding what that means to them and not just copying for the sake of copying. It's a case of what does that mean? It comes back to that focus on why, what would that allow them to do by mm -hmm. achieving what they wanted to go for? So the challenges that I had was understanding and recognizing that the components of what I was doing wasn't, was a fuel towards where I wanted to go, but it wasn't the, the passion. So I thought that I love doing what I do. I love transformation. So, oh my goodness, a transformation of a property from, you know, a, an ugly swan to a, a beautiful, or an ugly duckling to a beautiful swan, for sure. That was great. But it was a case of actually that's still not it. So yes, transformation figures in a lot of what I do, but it was the evolution and bringing my purpose piece into this to understand, well, what is it I really want to achieve here? What is it I'm looking to do? So actually the podcasting, the medium, that is part of the journey that I want to continue with. But the topic, not, not in, in the same way. So understanding that and really drilling down, who do I want to serve? How am I going to help them? So understanding that it was midlife beginners. It was people who are at the point in life where I have been and have now worked through that, navigated a, a way through that. And it is a way, it's not the way. I'll be really clear mm -hmm. on that. But gaining clarity of what I really wanted and who I really am and understanding that journey of the difference between filling in the moments and the moments that are fulfilling, having that audit of my life, identifying my own gaps and pains for sure, and then working through those and having that old mindset shift to saying, actually, these are my new stories. This mm. is what I want to do. Now, I'm a massive learner. Um, I'm always learning, always evolving, always growing. But as I said earlier, I'm adopting what I learn into practice. And that's where it actually moves me. So instead of just doing it for the sake of learning, because we can all learn, it's then growing with it. 
So I hope that helps. No, it does. It's I like that you you added that bit at the end there about doing something with the learning because it's such, especially where we are now in society, it's there's so much information. It's so easy to get information. It's so easy to get the learning part done. It's much much harder to get the action and get the things that and start doing the things that kind of make the big difference. I'm curious why I guess you didn't make the shift earlier. <laughs> Easier to see with hindsight, right? <laughs> <laughs> there were a few things that were going on and it's only now that I can see that I was focused on purpose and understood purpose at a quite a young age. We get distracted and I, where I, I was saying earlier about expectations I became a mum I was I, I was working and then I became a mum and I decided to stay at home and be a full-time mum and in that you then have a different focus your the focus is is again bigger than you you've now got mm -hmm. I had two children I've got two children who are now 20 and 17 so again it's I've now got a different time uh, to to then to work out what's important and that doesn't mean that my shift could have come earlier. It just meant that I got moved along. I was filling in some moments and some great moments, don't get me wrong. And there were some fulfilling moments along that time, but it wasn't a conscious thing. There was a conscious decision for me to stay at home and for my husband to stay at work. There then became a point where I didn't recognize my husband anymore. He was in a fog. He was lost. He was struggling. He was his work had taken over his life. He was not spending quality time with us as a family. Mm. And when you understand your love languages in life and his being quality time, he wasn't getting quality time. So he was really struggling because his purpose in life of, of providing for the family was in direct conflict with the quality time that he was not receiving and mm. that trade was not worth it you know seeing his health deteriorate was not worth it anymore so it was at that point I said okay I had gone back to work I was working and I thought okay well that's not the solution right now there had to yeah, be a different th this, thing. this isn't sustainable now no mm -hmm. so your show is from stress to success where you, we recognize that actually we need to change how we're defining success because at the moment you are stressed and this is not working. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a brilliant phrase which was introduced to me by a lady called Ruth Fogg on my own po podcast. And she said, what the mind suppresses, the body expresses. So at that point, I saw in my husband, this is not working. Mm -hmm. So I stepped back, I, I resigned from my job and I then set about learning a new way that I could retire him from his job so that he could be out of that world. I set a target of three years, which sounds quite like a long time, but actually the moment that I made that decision or we made that decision, a, a light became apparent for him. You know, he mm. had an end to this ongoing. Monotony. Exactly. So he saw the light at the at the end of this journey for us to be, okay, I can help focus on that, on the why too. Mm -hmm. So whilst it was my responsibility to, to work through this plan, which I had, 
I talk about this all the time, my podcast, have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. So I knew, understood what the purpose was, was to get him out of the existing world and bring him into a world that's going to give him fulfillment. My plan was to build up a property portfolio, which would then allow him to retire to replace some of his income that would then be in a position where he could then leave that work. Now, I missed that deadline that I'd set in three years time by three days, but we don't we don't talk about that. That's okay. (laughs) That's all right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) And the only reason I missed that deadline is because there was a potential for him to be made redundant and have a payoff. So actually, it was even better. It was like, yes, we're happy with this. Let's just hold on. He took that redundancy and he's now in a position we are. That was four years ago. And he's now in a position where he volunteers. He is doing only the things that he loves doing. He's taken over the running of the portfolio, which has freed me up to do the things that I really love doing. So this is where working with love languages, understand them. Absolutely. Understanding your ability from a wealth dynamics perspective or talent dynamics as a great system, which is introduced by Roger Hamilton. I'm a star. I I like to shine the light on others and also to work in my own area. It works for me. He's a lord. He's very good at the detail. He's very good at the the process. So where we understand how our dynamics work in our relationship, and we've been together 28 years now, it's understanding where that works better for us and as a family dynamic. Now, just as he retired back in October 2019 from that particular job, we went into lockdown and we got to spend a lot of time with the children <laughs> before they went off to university and various things. So it worked out really well. So when mm. you asked me, why didn't I see it sooner? You don't see things until the pain gets so bad sometimes that something has to change. That yeah, was that and moment. Then, and then you recognize, hey, I need to change something now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a a, a loaded question because I, it I, I knew that it's hard to get to a point without having done the previous stuff people ask me all the time oh you know what is it you regret and i'm like it's hard to say that i regret really anything because if i if i hadn't have done the things that i did i wouldn't be where i am now and who i am now so it's very challenging to to draw a line with that right it's the same thing with starting early people like i wish i started earlier i'm like but you had to do what you did to get to where you are so you couldn't have started earlier right it doesn't work that way uh, as much as we'd like it to you touched on a few things in there that i really want to i get into and they all kind of fill the same space as well and it's this ability to be flexible and understand that what works for you may not work for others and you touched like on three things that i kind of remember in there that are that you mentioned um the podcast which is from stress to success and the reason that it is that and i love that you added we have to change what we deem as success because you could probably easily look at what your husband was doing and say that was success. He could keep doing that and society might call it successful. But if it's not successful to you, then it sort of it goes against that purpose. And I love that you missed the timeline by three days because it shows that it's like you can have big plans and goals and things, but you have to be willing to shift those a little bit if it makes more sense. And then lastly, that that beautiful thing you were talking about there with the different kind of personality types and why those are, those are so important to, to do. Was there a point with all of that then, was there something in your life somewhere that taught you to be quite flexible or were you always that way? 
I've been able to adapt to different moments. I am a flexible person. I think that part of who I am is looking for transformation and grow and growth. It's one of my core values is to understand the, the brilliance within us, to be flexible, to be adaptable. And I have a, a focus, which is at the moment to study the art of living. Okay. Mm. And to understand what that, that means. Now, my remaining days on this planet are not to, to in the pursuit of happiness. Now that sounds a bit like, oh, how, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> my focus is on fulfillment and I will mm. be spending my time looking at how I can on this planet live every day feeling alive. And look, I'm not knocking happiness. Happiness is fabulous, but it is temporary. Mm -hmm. And so to be more sustainable and to understand how I can look at a different emotion and how I can spend more time is, is to have that pursuit of fulfillment instead. So everyday activities are spent podcasting being one of them, coaching being another is to look for purpose driven activity and fulfillment for me runs much deeper than happiness ever will. And so, yes, it's great. I have lots of fun times, uh, but it is a definitely, it's a, it's a state of being. Okay. And it's, it's bringing significance to my work. So mm -hmm. understanding how I can do that has been a, a practice that I have been working on over the last few years, listening to people talking about how they are filling their lives with these incredible moments of fulfillment is, is just brilliant. So it is about focusing on your lane, on what works for you, because it is different for each of us. And that's important that whilst it's great to be inspired by, maybe I'm sharing something here today and people say, that's great. That worked for Amy, that may not work for me. So what is it that works for you? And what is it that brings you that sense of fulfillment? and that deep joy and that sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. Because it, I think that if happiness is the what you do, fulfillment is the why you do what you do. Mm, that was good. If happiness is the what you do, fulfillment is the why you do it. That's yeah. amazing. I love that you've drawn a line between happiness and fulfillment. Yeah, and the fulfillment piece is often the missing piece of the jigsaw that people have, right? It, and it is the, and they will, this is where people feel that they need to find the purpose. That's where the finding the purpose piece comes in because they feel that they're going to spend their lifetime looking for it, only to realize it was with them all the time. And this is what's, you know, the, the frustrating element is that, and, and that quote that I had it was from George Moore about traveling the world only to find that you know, it was it was with them when they got home you know it is and it, I don't know if you've read The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho no Again, I haven't yet but it's on my oh, list yeah oh my goodness I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share anything so I'll, <laughs> I'll spoil it for you but that book for me is the epitome of understanding fulfillment and mm -hmm. it's a it's a fantastic book so understanding your values, your passions, your talents. I mentioned this earlier and knowing that fulfillment is to be found within. It's an intrinsic motivation. You're not going to find externally. No, no pay of incredible salary is ever going to match this internal fulfillment feeling that you get. And, and that is found through connection, not just with other people, but with yourself. Yeah. That last bit's really important. 
that that connecting with yourself because it's very hard to even identify you talked about in there your your passions your skills your talents if you can't connect fully to yourself it's really really hard to start understanding those particular things and this goes back to what you talked about before about it's not finding our purpose because that sort of it's almost like trying to go out and find love right it doesn't work quite like that it's about creating it why do you think people struggle with the, the need to find their purpose instead of just create it like what's the barrier i think again it comes it comes down to you is it envy you see other people out there and you oh my god they've got it they know it they 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 found it they're living it why can't i find it and this this then it feels like it is this what's wrong with me moment and mm. it's again it's looking externally and you see this beautifully created instagram page of someone and you think oh my gosh they've got it they they understand there is a catalyst in every single person's life that has led them to the point they are now. And that catalyst will have been a shift of this is not sustainable. I cannot do this anymore. And that's where the personal driver comes in. So listening to people's stories, for example, somebody I had on my show, his name was David Breaker. He was a gamer and he sat gaming he loved gaming he loved connecting with people playing these wonderful games until he went to the doctor and the doctor said you are not going to live beyond five years if that that was wow. a catalyst for him to know that his life right now much as he loved doing what he was doing was not serving him in any way he had went on this huge journey to lose the weight that he did but become a sustainable forward motion with that as well it wasn't just a case of i'm going to lose this weight and then yo-yoed back again he had to change his entire mindset he had to change his entire way of being and he now helps other people on that journey now he had if he hadn't been through that pain and that threat of seeing he, he had a dream actually it was a nightmare of seeing his own gravestone then he would not be doing what he's doing now so you mm -hmm. have to go on your own journey Okay. And the fulfillment piece is found within your life's work. So it's understanding that actually everything that you've done, and this sounds so cliche, but it is true. Everything you've done has got you to this point. You said it just now. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's all relevant. It's all the, all the threads are there. And it's about understanding what's important to you. What do you stand for? What do you stand against? Quite often people say, where do I start? on understanding where I can live this life of purpose. Well, understanding what really makes you angry sometimes could be the thing that you then channel your contribution into where you, you can direct backwards. your, yeah, where you can direct yeah. your influence. And again, understanding what your values are, how they're being prioritized, how you're aligning your work in and your life with that and challenge whether they are actually yours whether they're your beliefs, whether they're your values and serving you. Because they could, as I said earlier, they could just be societal expectations and you don't actually really subscribe to, the, to what that is and it doesn't really interest you. So it's about finding a cause that you champion, how you can then find other people who you can collectively work with, join forces with to correct that crisis in the world. Mm. It's interesting when we talk about purpose and even at the end of that sentence, you kind of said 
it there as well, where it's like to kind of solve something in the world, so to speak. And I've, I've been thinking about this thing recently when it comes to purpose and stuff like that. Um, and it's, do we have a misunderstanding of what purpose means? Do we see purposes like does purpose have to be, you know, solving world hunger or like, what does, what does purpose kind of be able to be defined as for somebody? Do you know, I was, I was reading an article in the Harvest Business Review earlier, right today. How it's so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. And so I'm not going to be able to say this is my, my, my work here. This is something that's really interesting. And I'm just going to pull it up because I, I is talking about exactly that thing. It was yeah, exactly okay. that. And there are, the three different senses of purpose, according to this Harvard Business Review article, was was saying that there is the competence, the function that our product serves, that element of purpose. There's culture, the intent with which we run our business, and then cause, the social good to which we aspire. And mm. it was all about that there is this confusion of purpose. What you th what what do you actually think it is, mm -hmm. and that it falls under those three categories within business. Now, from my perspective, purpose is, is is really something that is just see it as the thing you want to focus on more in life than anything else and what you want to accomplish. So it doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be that you're solving something in the world. It could be on a really micro level. If that serves you and serves maybe other people within your environment then that's going to give you the fulfillment it's it's that switch when you know that it's going to help other people that's when the fulfilling purpose-driven element comes in and it doesn't have to be as i said on a global scale it can be on a, a national scale it can be on a local scale but just understanding what that piece is is core so really understand mm. what it is for you um and it it, it is that again it's not something you find it's you build mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I guess the question in my brain for that then is, and you touched on it briefly there as well, um, when you talked about it being once you kind of start doing it for others, I think it's really important. Is there any other kind of cues, I guess, so to speak, that people can sense or see or feel when they feel like they're creating their pur the right purpose is that something you've noticed when from talking to people like some kind of continuing var variation that you see or like a, a moment that people have like what does it feel like for lack of a better way of putting it it feels like goosebumps mm. when you get goosebumps talking about why you're doing what you're doing and why you are who you are your work you know you're on the right track. That's what it feels like. Mm. Yeah, that's good because it is quite hard to describe, isn't it? When you have those, it it really is. And it it's if you if you don't get those moments where I was interviewing someone on my podcast recently, and when we I was reflecting back to him what he'd shared, and he'd and made a couple of connections that he hadn't himself made, he got goosebumps. And this mm. happened not once, but twice in, in the episode. It's coming out soon. It's not out yet. But it, it's a case of sometimes those moments where this, and I said it earlier about what you stand for and what you stand against. Those moments and those, those choices that you make in, in 
focusing on that, that has to be for you important. What are some things people can begin to notice about themselves or how they feel when they're not living in their purpose? As I said, they will feel out of sorts. They will feel as though what they're doing is just not right. There's that that, that conflict. It could be in work. It could be at home. It could be in different areas of your life. And where you, this is where, when, once you start focusing on your purpose in one area of your life, it's going to filter through to all the other areas. And it's, again, it's who you are and what you do and what you have is all within your control. And what you want to have determines who you become and what you do. And this is where I say to people, what are you doing? Are you existing or are you living? And it's so that awareness, that self-awareness of taking control of your life and not living on that autopilot is the big shift. So for people who say, they'll say to me, I feel lost or I feel like I can't make any decisions or I've got overwhelm or I feel like I'm at crossroads or someone's described it as being as though it felt those are in a washing machine just constantly going round and round and not able to, to sort of understand what mm. they felt like just drowning in that's everything. a great metaphor yeah 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 so when you feel like you're in a washing machine that's your <laughs> issue that's when you know you're not living with your purpose <laughs> you might be clean but you know yeah. um, <laughs> there's an interesting kind of, I guess, problem almost that arises there. I was born in in a generation that was taught to chase your passions, right? Do the things that makes you passionate, which is, I guess, kind of like living your purpose. But there's a bit of a problem there in the fact that you still have to eat, pay bills, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess the question I want to ask here is, how do you make your purpose realistic? So this is the thing that if you love what you're doing and you are good at what you're doing and you find something that you can be paid for and that the world needs, then you, you've got your perfect designed life in terms mm -hmm. of purpose, right? It doesn't have to be that you pursue your passion in, in the way that it has to then become your profession. It can be that you find fulfillment in different parts of your life. And so this is where I, I say to people, you don't have to jump ship. If you're working in a, in a job and it's not purpose seek or fulfilling yourself from a purpose perspective, it doesn't mean you have to give that job up. It just means mm. that you could find it in a different area of your life. Okay. And you bring fulfillment to your work through different ways. So again, just look at what you're doing. So for example, if you're in a role and you understand how you fit in to the greater piece, then you can start to bring purpose to your everyday moments. So it's again about, okay, well, I'm going to do this particular role. This particular role today means that that's going to happen tomorrow. That means that that's going to happen. And you can see how you can connect the dots in, mm -hmm. the, in your work you're doing. Now, Gallup will say that there are... oh. <laughs> Millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, 900 million people who are unfulfilled in, the, in their jobs mm. in, in the United States. It's got to be higher it, than that. It's, it, it's, it's yeah. probably higher than that. Okay. So this is a piece that's not going to go away. It's, it's, a, it's a big piece. And we all need to put food on the table. And so it's about, again, finding different ways that you can bring purpose into mm -hmm. your space. Right. So this is where it could be that... 
I, for example, I have different portfolio businesses come together. I don't love property, but it serves its purpose in my, in my world, which frees me up the time that I, I have for coaching and for podcasting. So I understand how that piece fits into the other pieces. So yeah, follow your passion, but it doesn't have to then become your whole profession. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it's that all or nothing mentality that we're sort of driven towards where it's kind of has to be all be this or all be that. And it's like, it can be multiple things. <laughs> there can be many avenues that you're chasing. Yeah. 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 That's really and I, good. I think that's the pressure that people feel that, oh, I haven't got this 100%. I love what I'm doing 100% of the time, all the time. And then they see, as I said, the curated lifestyle that someone has put on on a, a social media platform. And they think that that is the, the that's an aspiration for sure. But they think that that's the norm. And that's the, that's mm. the difference. It's not necessarily the norm. You know, a very small percentage of people have got their entire lives wrapped around their passion, their purpose and their profession, they've molded that all in one. It's not unachievable. But it's a case of actually, if you focus on the fulfillment piece, that's what that is the more important piece here of finding the moments in your day that are fulfilling. And there will mm -hmm. be many. So it's a reframing of understanding, okay, this is leading to this. It's understanding the focus on why behind everything you do. Which is why it's so important to, to have that positive mindset so that you can look at where things are going, not the roadblocks in, in a sense, right? <clears throat> not that you're ignoring the roadblocks, but you can, you can do that thing where you can put the dots together and go, oh, all these things that I'm doing will lead to, to this point here. Because mm -hmm. ultimately... I have this, this belief that, uh, you can have, you're going to have a lot of micro negativity things happen, but it's as long as you're macro pushing towards a positive. And I feel like it's very similar as well with like your fulfillment, right? There's things that you're not going to love doing. I'm sure there's things with your podcasting that you're like, I wish I didn't have to like do this particular bit. It's probably not everything that you love about it. Right? So even the things that you're really passionate about, you love doing, there are going to be moments in those things that you have to go, okay, cool. I know that if I do this thing here, it'll help me achieve this other thing here. And we often just get stuck at the fact that it's like, well, like, I'm supposed to be happy about, I'm supposed to be passionate about everything that I'm doing. It's like, well, I know not everyone I, I, wants to get up and go to the gym at six o'clock in the morning either, but. <laughs> I call it the mastery of the mundane. It's understanding those mundane moments that come together to form the incredible moments mm. for your life. So it seems that I've been talking about moments a lot and it is because life is just a series of moments that you, you know, you piece together and it is this big jigsaw. And with that, there are going to be moments that are not as fun as others. My goodness, if we could have fun 24 <laughs> seven, yes, please. But actually I'd be exhausted. So. Oh yeah, that would be exhausting. I hadn't thought of it like that actually, but it would be exhausting, wouldn't it? It's kind of like when you're on a vacation for a long time and eventually you're like, I'm kind of tired of... <laughs> having of fun this, of, of it being really good all the time that's really yeah. pretty interesting I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it like that yeah um did your coaching also start with the podcast or was that prior to i'd been mentoring people uh on understanding how they could put together a property portfolio for themselves and part of that piece was understanding the why behind why they were doing it so what naturally happened was as part of the mentoring there came with some coaching and then I love the coaching element 
as well as the mentoring, but I didn't want to continue to mentor people in property investing. So the coaching piece then became the the primary piece for me. And I went and got qualified and understood how I could become a better coach. So I went through various different courses. I learned how to, to use NLP and help people with that. I used hypnosis, timeline therapy, and then became a master coach as well. So there's mm -hmm. lots of different pieces. And I'm currently, again, now understanding from another perspective perspective how to be a, a better coach in another course so I'm always evolving that practice in in how I can become better for people yeah which kind of ties back into when you understand your why you are so driven to continually bettering how you can achieve the why right and how you can achieve more of your purpose by by being better yourself I haven't actually said about this in this in a long time but one of my favorite mantras is the rising tide lifts all lifts all ships and it's the same way with your well-being the better that you can be the better you can also help others and people who generally struggle with being maybe overly empathetic or stuff like that or they're givers often run into that problem where they give too much and they need to give a little bit of themselves back to themselves so that they can then give more i know it was a big pivotal point when i when i realized that myself uh, about that when you look back at the transition kind of from filling into life to fulfillment in life, are there any things that are anything that really surprises you there? Some things that you thought you looking back, you go, I never thought that that is how that would feel or that is how that would work. I've been on a really big personal development journey and this sort of started back in 2014. Uh, so almost a decade now of learning, growing, taking on board the learnings. And you mentioned there about the rising tide and we may all be in the same water, but we're in different boats. We're, mm -hmm. we're doing different things for different reasons, right? And when, when COVID came along, Again, you know, we're all in different boats, same storm, but very different journeys that we're all experiencing. And for me, the biggest thing is to firstly, as a midlife beginner, know that it's never too late to be who I might have been. And, and also to understand that focusing on what it is that I want to achieve and how I can then help other people is is again my own journey and it's my own development on that and I've learned a lot from failing and failing forward there's a fantastic mm -hmm. book called black box thinking and that book talks about failure in particularly in the medical industry and also in the aviation industry and what we can learn from those mm. And again, it's like, oh, yeah, there's been some really pivotal moments for me. When I first started learning personal development, my goodness, I was a pain to live with. I would be talking about the latest learning in the house and the children yeah. and my husband were like, oh, give us a break. So I had to rein it in, okay, and take yeah. myself on my own journey. And with that, they would notice improvements and then actually it would filter through differently instead of me preaching uh, and I certainly wasn't teaching either it was just a case of just being and yeah. in that being that was when the the learnings were, were adopted by others in the household as well so I do believe that you know there is responsibility for taking 
your yourself on a journey that's relevant but uh, you know that also you'll be taking other people along with you but of their own volition also mm. it's interesting that you say that because you mentioned that quite early on as well in this conversation that you notice people being impacted it's that ripple effect and it's interesting that now you're talking about how oftentimes that ripple effect is almost unintentional because it's what we're demonstrating that then begins to ripple out and it's off it's interesting that that's often more powerful than just telling nobody really likes to be told stuff a lot of the time but if we're showing a successful way of doing something then oftentimes we're better at mimicking that than than just doing what we're told with I am curious, and I want to wrap back to something that we talked about before. We talked a lot about success kind of being different for each individual, and you have to kind of have your own version of stress, so or success story. So what for you then, what would you deem as being successful? Now, this is really interesting because I, I've been on a bit of a journey recently in understanding that I had connected success to achievement and achievement for me then gave give me a, a worthiness of love so i'd very early my belief had been that if i do this and i'm successful then i will be loved and my goodness to understand that connection more recently that my sort of seven-year-old version had formed that belief and i'd still mm. been operating from that was really powerful so reframing that now and understanding that i don't have to succeed to prove anything to receive love has been a big shift for me mm -hmm. so understanding now that success comes in many forms and that every time i'm doing something i'm just thinking okay so what is it that i'm trying to achieve here what's the intention behind that particular exercise or or project or or business plan what is it that I, I now understand as being successful and having mm -hmm. those metrics that I can then measure against because quite often we don't even know what we're we're measuring against we don't we don't understand and I certainly did for a long time and then it was a case of why am I falling short what is it that's not happening here and and you know again talking about love languages I I have a lot of need for words of affirmation i love receiving praise it's it's something that i really enjoy doing so being a podcaster and someone saying i love your show it's great i love the way that you do this i love the way that and i was like I, it was fueling my mm -hmm. my my being all the time uh, but now understanding that that's happening i'm like okay that's great but what is it that i'm giving myself here and and, and giving that that praise from myself as well. So it's great to have that external praise, but it's never enough. You you always want more. And when you hear it, you don't believe it sometimes. So I, I am really clear now uh, at what, what it is I'm intent, my intention and then mm -hmm. what it is that I am going to be saying, how am I going to celebrate that? What is it I'm going to celebrate that with? And all those small wins every time celebrate them. Yeah. I, I, connect on that at quite a lot of levels there. I'm, I'm very similar as well. Positive affirmations is one of my love languages. And it is interesting. And you framed it really well there. It's you, you can't really ever get enough of that, right? That's like an unfillable cup. Um, especially for somebody who that is something that you do aspire to, right? You're like, Oh, I love it when people tell me that I'm doing good. Um, but to recognize within yourself that you're doing good. And like you said, it's like, 
recognizing those small achievements, writing them down, taking little, you know, um, you know, achievements and give yourself a little treat. Maybe it doesn't have to be in the a physical eating of the treat, but a mental treat when you achieve those things, I think is super, it's super important because otherwise we forget that we've done them. I journal and there are two different types of journal uh, journaling that I do. And one of them is being grateful. So that the gratitude journaling, but also the, the, the journaling of, and, and uh, three, actually three different records. So keeping a, a, a whole load of praise elements. So where someone's mm. given you some praise, keep that record that, and you can always dip into that to have that as your resource for when you're not feeling great. You just go, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to give myself that. a little pickup. Yeah, so there's that. Cool. Being grateful, huge amounts of of studies that have shown how positive gratitude is for us and what that does for our human psyche. It's it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. But then also the morning journaling and morning journaling is really powerful to get rid of any limiting beliefs or any thoughts that are negative that will circulate in your mind constantly throughout the day if you don't acknowledge them and just get them out. So having that mindless or, or sort of just unfiltered stream of consciousness in the morning means that you can then focus on what you want to achieve in a day. So that alongside celebrating your wins is also just recognizing what's going on for you. And quite often when overwhelm comes in, it's not because you've got a lot of things to do. It's because you've got a lot of things on your mind. And so by mm -hmm. writing in the morning and getting those out, that will help with overwhelm to, to help you to focus on what's important. I think that sentence you said there in the middle is incredibly powerful. That overwhelm is not that you have too much to do, it's that you have too much on your mind. And I know I've been in that position before myself. You're like, oh, I feel so overwhelmed. Then you write your to-do list out and you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't actually have that much stuff to do. I just needed to get it out of my head. So that's super powerful. And I hope people listening will remember that for sure. We're kind of touching on some of this stuff here, uh, which is interesting because I like to ask my guests um, three questions. Or not three questions, sorry, three things. Um, and I'm going to have to, I reframe them slightly for the new podcast, but what are three things? So we talked a little bit about journaling and stuff like that and how, and how useful that is, but what are three things that you do on a daily that help you live a more positive life and help you deal with the stress that does show up in our day to day? So again, uh, journaling really is a massive focus for me because it really does help to filter out what's going on and to really recognize what's important. Mm -hmm. So the journaling is one element. And, and then it's also, again, being very clear about what I want to achieve. And so having goals, but also understanding what the time frames are with those. So again, it's like have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. So I guess those could be my three things is to, to sort of have those very clear mm -hmm. elements. But it's also understanding life. So as part of, I said it earlier, part of what I, I want to create is also understanding that there is no set time that I have on this planet. There is no guaranteed way of living so for every day I'm looking at, at really having a great day and that is being very conscious in my choices so I, I'm very aware of my health I go out on walks every day I take the dog out and I'm exercising and I'm really fueling both my body and my mind equally mm. so there's, there's an exercise that I, I have done and I continue to do which may sound morbid, but actually it was quite liberating, was to write a letter from beyond. And having done that, 
it made me realize I've done some great things. I'm continuing to do great things and I'm inspiring to continue to do great things. And just recognizing again, just writing it out, pen to paper, made me realize that actually I've lived a pretty cool life so far and there's been some incredible moments. So if my time's my time, then so be it. Mm -hmm. That's the way of, of life. But again, knowing that I have more to achieve will helps me to to live more for the future. Yeah, that's that's powerful. And again, funny because it ties into the last question that I have for people, which is if when your time sort of comes to an end and you can no longer tell people any information, you can't teach them anything new, they can't look at any of your podcasts or anything that you've done, you're left with one thing to one lesson that you can give the world on how to be happy and successful. What is that one lesson? Stop filling in the moments. Instead, create moments that are fulfilling. Yes, I love that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been great. I, I would I would love to keep chatting with you, but I do have to force myself to keep these uh, too time limited. Otherwise, they will just go far too long. So thank you so much, Amy, uh, for coming on and sharing so much of your value with us. I, I really appreciate it. I've certainly learned some things. I hope anybody listening as well has learned those things. Uh, I'm going to include some links to Amy's LinkedIn. Is there any other links, Amy, that you would um, encourage people to go check out? Yeah, the podcast is on all platforms. So focus on why, please go check that out. And if you want to see anything that I've written, I've got my blogs, I've got the podcast amyrollinson.com there you go so amyrollinson.com and definitely check out uh focus on why i know i've listened to a couple episodes and they're really interesting you've got to, you do a good job of drawing people's stories out and and i love that and, and it's something that i try to do as well in my podcast podcasting so uh, if you've enjoyed this i highly recommend go check out amy on her podcast focus on why again all the links will be in the description of this video as well feel free to go check out my newsletter i'll drop the link for that in there and Make sure you continue, follow, like, subscribe this so you can catch any other uh, interviews I do with people coming up. But most importantly, above all else, guys, go out there and make somebody smile today.